Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wonderful people. How you doing today on this lovely, wonderful day? And let me welcome you to a brand new episode of Quad Truth. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Holy, I had a fairly good week. Ooh, and this message. <sighs> I'm telling you now, it's already going to be kind of preachy. But just give me a fair one. It's going to be kind of preachy. So if you don't want to hear about God, just turn this off and find something else. But if you're still listening right now, I'm going to try my best to give you this message. So I had to watch somewhat of an old video from a couple of weeks ago. Where this, uh, the pastor was talking about a different message. But he brought up the parable don't know what a parable is basically a story and in the bible uh, jesus told the parable and i'm sure that the majority of you have heard this variation of the parable before which is the prodigal son and basically the prodigal son is a story It, it was a, a story with a very <laughs> disrespectful point that Jesus was trying to make. Like, I can't verbatim tell you the story per se, like everything, because I hadn't really just really just dove in and just squeezed out the juices I needed. But I can tell you this, Jesus was very gangster with the story and the way that he told the story. But see, this is the thing about the story. It basically goes that this father had two sons, and this and the father was very wealthy, and his sons wanted for nothing, meaning they had everything that they wanted. Well, the older son got in his feelings one day and stepped to his father to say he wants his half of the inheritance now. And so his father gave him the inheritance. And his son goes off and just becomes sinful. He's gambling, sleeping with prostitutes, just, you know, wilding out. Well... That son becomes broke. And so he is forced to do something he hasn't necessarily done before, which is manual labor. And so he gets this job cleaning this stable, this pig pen, feeding the pigs. 
And this boy is so hungry that the slop that the pigs are eating, which I don't know in the most disgusting way possible, is like it looks like mud. It's the bits and pieces grounded up of everything, of anything, because a pig will eat anything. They're kind of like piranhas that way. And the man, the boy, says, or rather, he hits rock bottom, basically. And he's standing there and he's thinking about eating this slop that the pigs are eating. And as he thinks about this, he comes to the realization that, hey, this is not for me. So he says to himself, I can at least go home to my father, not as his son, but if he would hire me as a servant, because even the servants get treated better than me. Get treated better than what I'm doing right now. And so he goes home. And off in the distance, his father was looking for him. And when he saw him, his father ran to him. Now, the preacher that I was watching this video from, One of his parts is what I'm really focusing on. He said, the son left but the father looked for him. And when the father saw him, he ran to him. What does that really mean? The father never searched for his son. I mean, he was a rich man. He could have easily found him. But the father never searched for his son. He looked for him. And I know that right now you're probably looking kind of confused. Like, what's the difference between looking and searching? Understand that looking is to see. You look off in the distance. He looked for his son. He went out every day. On his balcony, on his porch, whatever he had at the edge of his tent, at the edge of the valley. He looked for his son. He waited for his son. But he did not search for his son. Because searching is to chase after. A lot of y'all are searching for stuff. You can search for a lot of things, but be looking at what you need. 
Now the thing about this this story that 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 that, that, that when the preacher was tell, was was saying it, and I'm listening to it, I'm like, mm, that sounds good, but it's, it's it's something. See, you looking, and some people are like, well, you're just looking off in the distance. You know what you are looking off in the distance. You looking at something that's coming back. You looking at something that you need to go to. You looking. You can actually see it. They can't see what you see. They ain't looking at it how you looking at see mm. value is in the eye of the beholder. I know it's beauty, but guess what? Value is seen in the eye of the beholder. You are looking at it. You actually see it. In the first movie of Avatar, they had a phrase that was so much deeper than what you actually heard it. And they kept trying to explain it to you. Is when they said, I see you. It wasn't mean they were just looking at them. They mean, I see you. I see into you. I see who you are. I see your character. I see the love you have. I see you. I see the warrior. I see the king. I see the queen. I see, I see you. I see your potential. I see your greatness. I see you. I'm looking. What are you looking at? What is off in the distance that you need to go after? That is, let me let me help you out a little bit more. What is in your field of sight that you keep ignoring? See, when you a hunter, you got to keep your eye on the prize. Okay, what are you looking for? If you hunting and, and, and and you in your spot and your prey gets in your line of sight, you see it. song like a pot of neck bone, steaming hot, with a side of rice, with brown gravy, and some biscuits. All you know is song. But if you wait too long, that's the thing about honey, it will run away. But when you see it, it you, you gotta have the instinct to know, who is my time. I need to go after that. But the flip side of that is, hmm, what about people that search? You know, you you searching for stuff might seem like you looking at stuff, but what are you chasing after that keeps running away from you? How are you still in a bad relationship because you searching for a way and I, I don't mean like a romantic relationship I mean just a job with somebody that you at this point know you don't need to be around you trying to search your way out why I understand that searching 
in some ways is a maybe and a if. Maybe I'll find a way out searching. If I find a way out searching. If I get this promotion searching. Maybe my luck will change searching. But when you looking, it's a decision. You see what it is. It's coming towards you. It's in your line of sight. Decision time. You're going to leave it or go for it. And see, the thing is, see, 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 the father looked for his son, saw him, and ran to him. And when he ran to him, the son was like, okay, let me beg your forgiveness so that I can come and try and get some dignity back into myself. But before the son could really get into the begging, the father said, bring my robe, bring my ring, Bring my sandals. Why? Because that was his son who he looked for, who he still had value for. And he brought the best of what he had to his son to clothe his son because his son had nothing. His son came in many ways naked back home and his father saw him and came to clothe him and when he did this this was a sign for everybody else that this is my son he is home he is still my son And he back like he never left. Even though he is a different person. Now what does that mean when you search it and look it? What is your decision when you see, when you looking at what you want? Are you going to go after it? Are you going to attack it? Are you going to love it? Are you going to protect it? You finally get that job you've been searching for. But on the first day, you want to complain. Because they tell you basically how much you're not going to make for the first six weeks. Versus after your six-week period, how much you will make. You mad because of the six weeks. 
that's you ungrateful. You don't have value. Because when you at rock bottom and there is a light that you can go to for help, for guidance, and that light presents you with a gift just had nothing. I'm giving you an opportunity for something. You're looking at an opportunity for something. But see, the reason you can't focus on what you're looking at, what is in your line of sight, is because you're thinking about, because in your mind, you're still searching for the big one. So in Star Wars... they use the force and in order to one of the things that they say in Star Wars at least the old masters said was be present in the moment meaning do not search everywhere else keep your eyes here look at the now the here and now I give you a different one. Tom Cruise, the last samurai movie, when he was fighting one of the samurai and he was losing or they were training. And another samurai came up to him and said, too many minds. And Tom Cruise looked at him like, what? He says, too many minds. You're thinking about the wind. You're thinking about the sky, the grass, too many minds focus on what you need to focus don't quote me verbatim on that but to tell him that was to say stop searching stop looking everywhere else I said looking and I'm using looking stop searching everywhere else stop focusing on everything else around you and just look in the moment look at the here Do you see what you want? Are you focused on it? Now see, when you are focused, when you are looking, when you got your eyes trained on the target, there will always be a negative reaction somewhere to your positive case in point in the story because the father after he get after he clothed his son that came back he told his servants kill the fatted calf and they began to have a party in the celebration that the oldest son had finally returned home So where did the hater come from? His his baby brother. I want to use a different word, but I'm trying to. This this, this is. I'm trying to keep it in church, but I want to use a different B word. But you understand, his brother 
little brother uh, came and was like, what, 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 what's going on? He asked the servant. He said, your big brother has returned home. So your father had us kill the fatted calf. And the little brother looked a, a, a disdain welled up inside of him like what and so on the inside as the father is having fun and is enjoying his son at his home and everybody's happy he says where is my son and one of the servants replies oh he outside but he ain't coming in and the father looking like I'm, I'm just saying I don't know. I don't think it was in the book. You know, all the descriptions per se. But, you know, the father looking like, mm, why? <sighs> okay. So he goes out. He says, son, why are you out here? Come join the party. And the brother looked at the father like, I could run a fade on you right now for this. He says, I have worked for you. I have lived here. I have been the good son. And you never even threw me a party like this. And then you throw him? Him? Who disrespected you? Who went out and gambled? Laid in the bed with who knows who. You give him your ring. You give him your rope. You put your sandals on his feet. And then you kill the pig that I want. Not a pig. You kill the fat calf that I was waiting for. I was going to slaughter that thing like fine wine and you done up here and killed it but it's food here. And the father says son all that I have is yours. Translation if you wanted a party you could have threw you a party. the son left thinking and searching that he knew better but when he hit rock bottom he had to come back home understand that his coming back the father seeing him from a distance looking for him signified to the father that his son in some form knew and looked to come home 
but neither of them thought that jealousy would come from his own family. Some of y'all got your eye on the prize. Some of y'all is locked in, focused, pure blood hunter. You after this success, it's, 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 it's this success or nothing. But your opposition is the closest people to you. Which goes into that, that, that phrase of saying, if you really want to make it, you got to leave home. Because a stranger will help you more than your own family. In many cases. Because the people that didn't help you always want you to help. I know I heard I heard a different preacher say I can't reign with nobody that wasn't in the rain with me. Some of y'all out here getting your success, making it happen, and you didn't went through a lot of storms. You didn't went through a lot of hurt. You didn't got rained on, beat down. Parsoned and still, whether you wanted to acknowledge it or not, through the grace of God, you got back up, you crawled your way out, and saw the sun rise once again. gotta deal with opposition from your own family I don't mean just your blood relatives I mean the people closest to you that's like family they want to rain with you but don't want to go through no rain with you I'm not gonna call them snakes but mm, they be ready to strike when they see you when they see your vulnerability they ready to strike that's why you can't give everybody a gift you know some people use the word gift as a trojan horse they give you a gift which is a trap so later down the line they can throw it in the face about what they gave you if you gave it to me Then it left your possessions and became my possession. But don't come at me talking about, well, I gave that to you. Yeah, you gave it to me. I didn't ask you for it. You can't get mad over a gift. But yet people do. 
you gotta look, you gotta see, you gotta stay focused. Stop searching for stuff and focus on what you can see. And I know some people might be like, man, even at this point, they might be saying, man, that sounds good, but I don't see nothing. You know what? God gonna give you one or two things. He either gonna give you the picture of what it's gonna be, but he ain't gonna give you a blueprint on how to get there. Or he gonna give you the blueprint. How to walk, how to talk, what to avoid, but he ain't gonna give you the picture of the final result. And your attitude on this whole journey between those two will determine the final result. Because you can get to the final result and be like, is this it? Because you didn't have no value in it. You rushed the process. You didn't trust the process. You claimed faith. But you really had no faith. When you locked in on something. And this is how you know when you locked in on something. Because it don't disappear from your mind. It becomes a hunger. That's a message. That's your spirit. That's the, that's the Holy Spirit inside of you talking to you and sometimes it's just a whisper sometimes it's it's that sometimes it's just so faint you can't really hear it but the Holy Spirit give you a path it just say go here and wait for this sign you're like what nah nah that's crazy well, you get an image of something and you, you get the final result, not even the blueprint to the road. You just get the final result. You're like, man, I'm, I'm I'm tripping. You know, I'm tripping. You know, I'd have had one too many. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. Some folks at the job driving me crazy. You know, these bills and things is just over my head. But then you steady thinking about it. And in the moments where it seemed like you're not thinking about nothing, you get another level to what you thinking about. And you know what the crazy thing is? You know what the crazy thing is? Is at the point that you write it down, it's like an alarm goes off in the spiritual realm, in heaven. It's like, as soon as you write that little bit down, write a book about motivating people it's like bells and alarms go off in heaven it's like breaker one breaker one angel one yo timmy timmy wake your butt up timmy hey he wrote it down oh shoot oh dang today what's the day oh loud oh come on come on come on oh no johnny wake up johnny he wrote it down Hey, I think that boy was ever gonna break that thing down. Good lord. All right, all right, where my wings at? Let me get my wings on. All right, we gotta fly it out here. Yeah. 
you thought you just wrote that to get it out your mind. You don't even realize you, you, you writing that didn't change the whole didn't change the whole trajectory of where you were going before you wrote it down. And things will begin to happen. But see, this is the thing. This is why you gotta have faith with it. The prodigal son at rock bottom had faith that at least he would get treated better than a pig. That he would be fed. That he would have clothes. He had faith at least in that. He had faith that at least his father would take pity on him. But I, I, I don't know. They don't really just say it like that. But I gotta believe that he, he had at least that much faith that his father was gonna take pity on him. bit of faith faith of a mustard seed and just that drove him home and what happened was his father blew what he thought he wanted out the window cause his father didn't just his father didn't show pity his father father forgave his father showed value in what you looking at put some value on it put your face behind that write it down believe it if it stays with you something telling you that this is for you So, for today, I want to thank you for listening, re-listening, possibly sharing, I don't know, I'm just doing what I can to be a better person each day to help whoever listens. I can't make you, I can't force you, but I thank you if you do listen. Five seconds, ten, a minute, it don't really matter, just thank you for listening to whatever you did. I'm Twan, this is Twan's Truth, dude.